Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. I'm Adam. I'm Jennifer. She's and back. She's back. <laughs> Much against popular demand, we brought her back. Um, <laughs> that was that most of our popular demands, like the, the three of us here. That was a ransom demand, I believe. Lee finally paid up. <laughs> Uh, so we are here this evening to cover 2020's Gretel and Hansel. Um, yeah, a much underrated film in my opinion, but we'll see what the rest of the team think when we get mm. to it. Um, but before we do that, uh, Chris, have you been watching anything since our last recording? Well, so halfway through Gretel and Hansel, I'm still getting used to saying it that way around. Um, <laughs> I was thinking I'm having a really jolly week this week what, with what I'm watching but the end of Gretel and Hansel is, is relatively uplifting, similar to The Witch, yes. which is somewhat <laughs> reminiscent of, which we will get into. However, so based on that, I thought it's, uh, it's important that I try and do things a little bit different occasionally. So this film that I watched this week, I thought was, there's a scene in it that really made me think I should try and replicate that scene. So I'm going to do that for you now. And Ooh. I can see how excited you are. And put your hands up when you know what film it is. Hulk, Hulk Triton, Hulk. Bellow, bid our father, the sea king, rise from the depths, full foul in his fury, black waves teeming with the assault foam to smother this young mouth with pungent slime, to choke ye, engorge in your organs till ye turn blue and bloated with bilge and brine and can scream no more. I'm going to carry on. Only when he crowned in cockle shells with slithering tentacle tail and teeming beards take up his fell befinned arm and coral trine trident screeches banshee-like in the tempest and plunges right through your gullet, bursting ye a bulging bladder no more but a bloated bloody fin now are nothing for the harpies and the souls of dead sailors to peck and claw and feed upon only to be lapped up and swallowed by the infinite waters of the dread emperor himself forgotten to any man to any time forgotten to any god or devil forgotten even to the sea for any stuff or part of winslow even any scantling of your soul is winslow no more but is now itself the sea. All right, have it your way. I like your cooking. <laughs> You're fond of my lobster. Fond of my lobster. No, I, I, did, I, I did see your hand go up fairly quickly, and I don't know if Lee's seen it. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I couldn't remember if he'd said he had, but yeah, oh, that, yeah. that was Are a you, very entertaining you know scene. Yes. Yes, you are. Yes. <laughs> that it was the lighthouse. Was yeah. It? Which, right. which is by the same director as The Witch. Yes. And this film is a little bit reminiscent of The Witch. And so it was all quite complicated for me at some point this week. It, kind of reminiscent of that. It's got the same sort of very subdued, very yeah. mellow. Mm. And um, very period Set. Yes. Yeah, and well, not many, well, not too many actors, and yeah. Well, as as I was as I was saying before we started, the um, 
someone did review it saying that if this had 4 AD, uh, uh, <laughs> A24 at the start of it, everyone would have loved it and it would have had huge rewards. This is Gretel and Hansel. Mm-hmm. And yeah, The Witch and The Lighthouse are probably their, um, their two biggest films. Yeah. So, um, but oh my God, that is a great film. <laughs> and and I I think I think thematically, Chris, you've done very well there, sir. Yeah, well, it does yeah, come together. Right. <laughs> I, I, I'll I'll admit right now that uh, you know the accents are not quite there, but give me another four years and <laughs> but it's very well to undertake yeah. it at all. It's quite a long speech, really. It's, uh... it's, it's a very yeah. long speech, and that's why I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> I, I thought I don't know if I can get all the way to the end, and I don't know whether you can get all the way to the end. <laughs> but well done. Um, but well, no, I mean, so so yeah, uh, the lighthouse is fantastic and is quite desolate. Um, but yeah, the mm. acting is great. You know, but, um, I'd seen uh, um, oh William Defoe. I'd seen him mm. in a few films, and he sta- he stood out. Um, but yeah, I've I've not seen him in in a huge amount. Um, but I think I should probably watch a few more of his. Definitely, there's. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of what horror stuff he's done. Yeah, so I think I'd seen him in Spider Man. I think it was most recently. Yeah, he was Green Goblin. Yeah, in the Sam Raimi ones. Yeah, that's it. I did recognise him from that list. I think I had, but I'm not sure what else it was I'd seen him in. Yeah, so we. So this week, after your watch, Chris, we, the mm. only thing we watched was American Psycho, in which uh, he played the car. Uh, yes. Yeah. That's right, of course. Yeah. And I did actually watch that fairly recently. Yeah, he's yeah. one of those yeah. people who's in, in one in every ten films you watch, and as soon as somebody goes, "What have you seen him in?" You go, uh... "Yeah, yeah." But he is. I mean, he is bloody. Um, and both of them are in that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They are. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll be. I'll be completely honest. I was totally prepared to be like, "Well, it's the geezer from Twilight, so he's a prick." But no, he is a fucking great actor. Yeah. He, he was also in um he was in Dave David Cronenberg film, which was more of a surreal thing than a horror film or anything like that. And I can't think what it was called. It was like Cosmopolis or something like that. And basically he was a Wall Street executive stuck in his limo while a riot goes on. Mm. And but he and he's only on his way to get a haircut. But because <laughs> because he's so rich, everyone comes through the car. So mm. like his team come and like his secretary comes and takes stuff and he gets food delivered to the car and everything and basically just lives in the car. <laughs> it's a quite weird film, but it's yeah. yeah. And um, he was very he's really great in it. So that's um, Robert Pattinson. That's Robert Pattinson, yeah. Um but no, and I, I fucking loved him in the lighthouse. And the thing, mm. thing I love about it is you saying about how bleak it is. But what I love is the bleak tempered by the humour of it. But it's mm. the humour that it's humour that still feeds into it. It's like when he throws yeah. the, he, he empties the chamber pot and just gets covered in shit, <laughs> which immediately is funny. But he's mm. also yeah, that's that's right for this world mm. yeah. because that's one more bleak thing that you oh, I'm gonna have to go and scrape the shit off me now, aren't I? So, 
Uh, speak, speaking of which, one of one of my uh, uh, horror watches this week was uh, Ted took a shit in the bath, and it was just mm-hmm. oh Christ! Yeah, it was like you know um, Shivers, uh, the Dave Cronenberg film with um, uh, Barbara Steele, yeah. and it's just just one of them creeps up in the butt. It was like that. And he's just like oh, oh no, yeah, is it like uh, it Stephen King. It belongs. <laughs> no, no, this, uh, this, this would have been better without trace. <laughs> I also, and I also, much, much to Claire's delight, uh, I moved Ted because he was going to the lavatory. So uh, this was, this was yesterday, the, the poo incident was yesterday. This is today. I moved him onto his potty and um, didn't realise that as I taken his trousers down, a big old turn had come out ah. and I stood in it. So, oh. yeah. So at the moment, the lighthouse it's is feeling like light comedy, <laughs> you know. And me and Claire are going to get drunk later and sing sea shanties. Yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> the only way to go. <laughs> Excellent. So well done, Chris. That's uh, yeah, that's impressive. Adam, have you watched anything since our last recording? I have been oddly thematic as well. Uh, in that I've had uh, a bit of folk horror and also another film by uh, Gretlin Hansel's director. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so first off, I finally I was I was having a moment. I was like, don't know what I want to watch. Want to watch something? What do I want to watch? Don't know what I want to watch. I probably want to watch Doctor Who, but I don't want to watch Doctor Who. No, and uh, I ended up watching Rawhead Rex because it was the right level of um, sort of monster. Etc., but you know, a bit more vicious and everything. And yeah, okay, the monster is a bit shit. It's like a sort of shark gorilla in a metal wig, but it's yeah, it was just an entertaining film in that sort of sense of I just needed I needed horror and action, a reasonable amount of thought, but also to be able to laugh at someone pushing a priest and going, get upstairs, fuck face. um yeah there's there's some marvelously creative swearing in it and also genuinely horrible you know uh children get eaten and uh you know the the monster is a monster it's uh so yeah so i rather enjoyed that and i do think it's possibly something that would be good for a remake but i do i know because i mean half the best thing about rawhead rex is because of that Clive Barker made Hellraiser because he was so pissed off with what they'd done to his story yeah. with with Roaring Rex. So, um, but um, yeah, so that that was that was good. It passed this time. The Arrow release looks effing amazing, which is odd for Rawhead Rex, which I never <laughs> thought would look amazing. You know, you can, you can see the steam on the piss as he urinates on the verger. You know, it's you know, it's high quality high quality stuff. Um, continuing the folk horror and this is something that I think I want all of you guys to give it a whirl as well Um, there is a film called Twas the Devil Um, it's available on YouTube and more to the point it's basically picked up the mantle from Bandersnatch Mm. in that it's a choose your own folk horror Um, it's shot it's shot in black and white. It, in terms of its look, owes a great deal to 
a field in England. And I think that there's that element, it's that sort of slightly hazy, almost like hallucinatory sort of English countryside look, but in the really high contrast, black and white. And um, yeah, surprise, surprisingly good because it was one of those things where I just sort of uh, seen it on Instagram. The director's a guy called Mark Garvey. And basically what happens is you go, go watch the intro and then as you get on YouTube videos, you know, you have like select other videos yeah. and then that takes you down. You choose which way to go. So it's like help the person. Don't help the person. Mm. Uh, follow the path. Follow the ghost or you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was really fucking well done. And I sort of went through it, quite an enjoyable sort of story. And basically, yeah, it's sort of, and like I say, it was like Bandersnatch where it would be sort of maybe 10 minute segments or something like that. And then a choice came up um, and I watched it and yeah, got to the end, etc. And right at the end, it just uh, takes you back to, so you could start again if you wanted to. Oh, cool. And so I thought I'll give this a run through. And holy shit, they, it's not like, it's not basic. Mm. They have done it much like, um, I mean, obviously not on the same budget, not on this, because this is an independent production, mm. um, but they've done it like Bandersnatch in that it's, it's pretty labyrinthine. Mm. I, th- I assumed it would be, you know, it changes something and then you'll go back through a similar loop or something like yeah. that. <laughs> so I changed one decision right at the start uh, like the first decision in it I just changed that and then I just met an entirely different cast of characters mm. so basically it's a man taking his wife to be buried um, like in a Alive. barrow yeah. she's, she's in a coffin um, like she was uh, she was tried as a witch and uh, it was he was part of he he was one of the accusers which he now feels guilty about and as he as he progresses on the path on the way to um uh to essex to bury her um he meets various people along the way and they've all had experiences and stuff like that but yeah as i say when i redid it entirely different group of actors different characters and stuff like that so they, there's a lot on there they have put some and it's in. Yeah, they really have. and Because, I, I mean, I think it was one of those things where I was like, this, you know, it looks good. Um, uh, the cast are good. And the certainly visually, it's really, really stunning. I sat, like I say, it does owe a lot to a field in England. But I think if you're going to nick off someone, nick off someone's, like, more yeah. obscure stuff. Because, yeah, yeah I mean, it's... Um, and it's... It, you know, it looks beautiful. And, um, yeah, I I didn't realise quite how much, but it's, you know, I thought there's a way of doing this and it'd be like, you choose it, but you end up going back on yourself eventually or whatever like that. Basically, the whole fucking, the whole fucking plot changed and you died at a different point or you succeeded at a different point. And it's like, yeah. So I really recommend 
I'd love to see. I'd love to know if you if you guys give it a whirl. I'd love to see how you get on with it. But yeah, twas the devil. T W I S the devil. It's done in lockdown. Is that how they could sort of film it and do lots of different bits and put it together? I'm, I believe that's the case. I think I think they've only. It's very recent. I mean, it's only been. I yeah, think the actual been up. yeah the actual final sort of um, the final sort of thing going up. Yeah, like Lee said, it's only been the last couple of months. Um, and I'd, like I say, I'd seen it on Instagram and I was following them because I just, I, the imagery looked good. And I thought, well, that's, you know, that's a pretty good idea and everything. Um, and then they were like, all oh, right, so the thing has come out. And then I, having watched it, it was like, this is, you know, really well done. And so, yeah, definitely a recommend. And, but also it's quite nice because you've got, like I said, you've got that sort of dreamy, hazy element but it doesn't necessarily knock you out of it because you are interacting with it. Yeah. You, you know, you are still sort of, so you are following it rather than nodding out. Mm. You're like, oh, right. So where does this go from here? It's and good to get me back into the real world, you know, so mm. going back to work after lockdown, you know, you start making decisions on here <laughs> and maybe in the real world, you know, yeah, <laughs> that'll help you think. <laughs> Prepare you for the horror that is school. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And, that was great. And then finally, leading into this evening's film, uh, I watched, and this is something that I've had on, uh, I've had it on, like, off of Film 4, I recorded it, like, plus it off of Film 4, and I realised that it was um, October two years ago. Um <laughs> And the most depressing thing about it was there was an advert right at the start where they're saying, oh, yeah, we're doing this horror season at this cinema oh. for six, for four weeks or whatever like that. It's like, yeah, that's not going to happen, is it? No, not now. <laughs> not in this new normal. Um, <laughs> these unprecedented times. And um, But, yeah, so I watched a film called uh, February but also it's called The Black Coat's Daughter. Mm. And I don't, I can't work out where and why the title changes. It's just one of those ones that seems to be known under two titles. I think you can get it on DVD with either title. It seems to show up as both on like streaming sites and things like that. So yeah, I've no idea why, but it's, uh, as I say, it's directed by the director of Bretton and Hansel, Osgood Perkins, or Oz Perkins, and it's got, um, um, oh, Emma Roberts from American Horror Stories in it. Yes. Um, but it's basically a very, a really interesting, I don't want to give too much away because I think, because I went into it pretty cold. I just knew it was, it was one of those films where everyone had just said it was really good. And then when I was looking up for Gretel and Hansel, it was like, oh, we directed that as well. So, and then that's what motivated me to watch it essentially. But it's very, um, basically the setup is two girls get left at boarding school because their parents haven't shown up. Um, and yeah, one of them starts acting really oddly. And it goes, it goes supernatural. It goes murdery. It goes, yeah. Uh, and I think it's one of those ones where I think, yeah, 
it probably would be good with a rewatch as well because it's okay. it's one of those things where basically they do they they fuck with the narrative slightly so you get the the, the you get the two girls and another person's story and they sort of intertwine it and then towards the end they get they show you the bit that's like ah okay so that's what's been going on fuck okay, okay. and yeah and but it's and it's it end, I can honestly say it's the first film that ends of, of its type that ends on the note that it does um so but I, again to say more would be ruining it I should make sure yeah. to watch that then. So say, it's also got uh Kieran Shipka in it as well who uh was Sabrina in the Killing Adventures of Sabrina oh right okay Yes. Yeah, and James Remar as well. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a fantastic cast. So, I am definitely sold on that. And, yeah, yeah. If it's the same and, guy who did this as well, then. Mm. And it's very, yeah. very much, very much of a, um, very much on par with it. It's not like Gretlin Hansel was obviously quite folk horror or fantasy or whatever like that. This is, this is much more sort of grounded, but still supernatural. Uh, but yeah, it's more uh, a, a real world thing, and not and again, not giving too much of the game away. But um, I don't know if you're aware, but Osgood Perkins is Anthony Perkins' son, mm. as in Norman Bates. Oh, I um, that. Yeah, being his son has definitely not affected him. But I have seen a lot of women get stabbed over the last couple of days. <laughs> so, you know, and I think, yeah, definitely, definitely it's got it's got a feed in somewhere, you know. So it's, it's like, what what were you famous for, Dad? Well, let me let me show you, son. Um, but yeah, so again, that's right. Oh, and I tried to watch um uh Terror Train to or Night Train to Terror. Uh, and I gave up. Fucking shocking. Really, really, really <laughs> poor. Ba basically, I was really, I was really up for it because it was like, oh, it's an anthology movie, and I thought, mm. great, you know, anthology movie. What it turns out to be is it's actually an anthology movie made out of three other movies where they just edited them to fuck. <laughs> oh god. So it's like halfway between watching a trailer and an experimental art movie, but. Piss poor in every sense, and yeah, it was just, yeah, and just like, in a weird way, it was quite good because I'd imagine watching the original. I only watched the first segment, but I'd imagine watching the original film was a fucking slog. So at least this seemed to just genuinely cut out all the pauses and all the meaningless bits. But it was it was so weird because I didn't realise this at the first time I watched when I first started watching it, and there's like a bit where two people knock on the door and say, Can, um, we're lost, can we use your phone? Cut to, the woman's on the phone. Yeah. And I'm like, that's great, because you've cut out all that middle. But then also, the husband's being dragged away by a burly man, and you're like, oh no, perhaps they did cut too much, I don't know. <laughs> it's always good to see this stuff experimentally. I, um, I've got upstairs in the loft, I've bought a film, I don't know if you've heard of this legend or not, um, Troma bought a film back in the 90s, which was back when porn films used to have like a through story. 
um, and someone had made this Pong film and basically Troma bought it, but the story was so big that they just cut the sex out and just left the terrible looping story. <laughs> um, and it's a film called Maniac Nurses Find Ecstasy. Um, yeah, and when I, I, I heard you... what I was like, I need to, I need to see it because it sounds like <laughs> so. It, that's what, like there's no filth in it at all. It is literally just a terrible story of these people who get abducted and taken to a, like by nurses into this weird hospital in the forest. It's, it's really funny. But yeah, I don't know if I'd watch it again. But so it's, it's, it needs so the porn bits to make it. <laughs> so, it's, so it's kind of like uh, Tommy Wiseau's The Room. Yes, it's exactly where like it's like because because yeah. that really that to me is like oh someone's cut all the porn out of this Channel Five softcore porn film. <laughs> yeah, it's just like that, um, but even even more mental. Uh, <laughs> Um, so, let's barrel on ahead and get stuck into this evening's movie. Um, as we said, it's uh, 2020's uh, Gretel and Hansel. Um, it's got a staggeringly low 5.4 on IMDb. New look IMDb, by the way, pretty sexy. Uh, Is it? But, uh, yeah, it still doesn't make up for the fact that this film should be doing a lot better. Um I heard about it coming out. I saw the trailer and was massively excited. It came out. I watched it. Nobody else saw it. Nobody <laughs> talked about it. I was starting to think I'd imagined the entire experience, to be honest. Um, so what did you guys make of it? Who's going first? Uh, sub you first, sir. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure, you know, you could tell there's a lot I loved about it. I was quite happy watching all the way through, really. Um, I, I wasn't really looking for anything wrong with it. Um, it I think it definitely helped that um, it did put me in mind of The Witch, mm. you know, which makes sense. But um, I also I was trying to work out who the actress actor um, was for a while, and I realised she was from It. Yes. Um, and so I thought yeah, she was great in it. And, I didn't realise, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm I was fairly just like, certain. I know her. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, so I thought she was great. And um, <coughs> I liked her brother as well. I thought they both did really well throughout. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like it was it was quite enjoyable all the way through. I, did, I thought it was going to be darker at the end. And then, um, you know. It seemed quite uplifting again, similar to the witch. Which, but then you sort of, you, you're not left with that memory exactly. I don't know if mm. you, you you might have said that Lee possibly or, or Adam um, when we watched it. When you watch the witch and you get to the end, and then you know you, you get all the terrible think, stuff. Yeah, like and it's like. <laughs> it's, I did that with the first though. That's why I made you watch it. I was like, this is a great film. It's really happy. Oh no, it's just the end dance for your team. It's yeah. the rest of the film. It is, it's okay. And it's not really, is it? No. But, um, yeah. So yeah, but yeah, I mean, the visuals are absolutely amazing, like you said. And so yeah. obviously, I mean, I, I think that's it. You know, you set me up for appreciating that beyond probably much else necessarily. So I was really just like, oh, what's the next scene going to be? Um, yeah, just so um, like really high production, but still looked 
correct somehow you know you think you could have made it too magical and it would have felt mm. wrong but somehow it just really worked yeah it's i think like it's folk horror but but folk horror normally looks really grungy and dirty and this is like mm. high art folk horror it just and i think it's because it scales those two things that i loved it so much you can it is very slow moving but it's so beautiful you can just watch it and almost switch off and just follow it. But it has mm. got that very, because it is, you know, it's a grim fairy tale, mm. ultimately. All that comes quite far from the original story. Um, yeah, so it has got that very well-known, well-trodden story. And it just turns it into one of the most beautiful things I think I've ever watched. Sorry, Adam. No, I, was, no, I think that was, that was my concern going into it. Because you'd said about how, and I was like, because it was a Grimm's fairy tale, I was thinking, is it going to be a bit Tim Burton? <laughs> you know, you, where it's a bit more, like like you say, like a bit more artificial is probably the wrong word or, what, you know, possibly the right word. I don't know. But, yeah, I think they, because it's interesting, like you said, most folk horror is grungy. It's interesting that it's only when they get to the witch's place, which is to give it that element of a haven. So everything there is clean. Yeah. And it's like, well, this is better than sitting with my mum threatening to chop me up in a little bits in a <laughs> pig shed full of shit. <laughs> and yeah, it's so so I think, yeah, once once they get there, and I think it look I mean that the cabin I want. Yeah. You know. Um, I mean also also there was an element when I first saw the cabin, I was like, is Nicholas Cage going to turn up and burn this down? Because <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of good triangles in this. I mm -hmm. do like the triangles, even even down to the bit where um, where Gretel goes to the stately or like the Lord of the Manors place, mm -hmm. yeah, and he's a bit of a creepy old nonce. But even that, where it's like the wood just piled yeah, either side. Watch, definitely. definitely. That. It's all like, shot oh very God, symmetrically. Like, all... like, so many of the shots are shot in perfect symmetry. Even if it's somewhere that isn't symmetrical, they've kind of lined things yeah. up in it. it yeah. Just, every mm. shot has just had so much foil and lovely to it. It's just... Well, is it even like the candelabra is designed to look like the house yeah. or to look like the, the cabin and everything? And the thing, the thing I really like with it is I like the fact that it was... Yes, it's a it's a proper. I don't know. It it's like the sort of when they did that thing in the eighties of in late eighties where all the comics decided, look, we have got to fucking draw back on this and make this a bit tougher. You know, it can't be Adam West's Batman. We've got to try and yeah. soup it up. And I think similarly with this, it was like. It had all the right beats of Hansel of of Hansel and Gretel, the Grim Fairy Story, including the happy ending. Because that's the yeah. thing is, I think if they'd have taken it down that route, you still that would be one one other sort of veer away from mm. the essential uh, uh, the essential plot of the original. Yeah. So it has to have, and it's a it's a proper happy ending because really the happy ending of the witch is an enteral suffering and not having to hang around with these pious pricks anymore. <laughs> Whereas the end to this is, I'm got to look after this little dick anymore. 
but he's okay yeah, because yeah, I've encountered yeah. a horse. Yeah. And it will, <laughs> what one thing I actually did think was in, in my head was I just thought, and obviously they are Gretel and Hansel, so it wouldn't be that case. But it would be interesting that he goes off and becomes a woodsman. Yeah. And she becomes the witch. Mm. And that is in Hansel and Gretel where it's like the, the woodsman or inversions of Hansel and Gretel where the, wood, the woodsman rescues them from the witch or in other fairy stories. So it's almost like they go off to be the two... Yeah, the, t- the two sort of halves of folklore, of, of fairy stories. And... But, uh, yeah, and I think that it's, I mean, and you still had clear, you know, you had children being eaten and stuff like that. So it's not sort of, you know, they haven't sort of pussyfooted around that element to it. Oh, no. But but they have, the one thing they've taken away, and I think it is something that you can, it would be an absolute fucking struggle to, is always an absolute struggle to make it look, right and still keep the menace is a gingerbread house yeah you know where where it's like they go there and it's literally made of sweets Mm. you know that invariably that can only and this is the thing is rather than it's inviting because it looks like a fucking victoria sponge it's inviting because oh it's well built it's insulated it's clean it's do you know i mean it's just so clearly a much nicer proposition than you know starving at home or whatever was going on with that big bald dude yeah, <laughs> in the heart. I'm still not quite sure about that to be honest. No, no idea. I've got here revenant question mark. <laughs> mm. There's yeah, there is a sort of it's it's definitely a bit it's definitely a bit of a, a bit of a zombie moment or mm. something. And actually, the one the one thing I would say is I would have liked to have seen I would have liked to see more of the hunter just because I think the actor's fucking great. Yeah, it's just got an amazing voice. I've mm. got the exact opposite written down. I've got he's the worst wooden actor I've seen in anything in ages, and he totally dragged me out. I think it's. Oh. So I, think I assumed it's... he was meant to be a bit, you know, slightly yeah. odd it, because it's the fair. You know, it's a. Maybe because... I just found his, his accent was too contemporary and it was like you've set mm. something back in, you know, back in the Grim Fairy Tales, but he does sound like he lives in Bethnal Green now. Yeah. Like, and it just kind of dragged me. And I was like, that accent doesn't work in this, unfortunately. Mm. Um, yeah, so I just found every line he said just really kind of jarring and awkward to, yeah, like, the, like his, what he was saying and the accent he was saying it in didn't work. You know, like when oh, got you. You got like the the yeah. Like, like when they did dissonance. that Romeo and Juliet thing, you know, and it was like it was all the old words. What? That but was they... brilliant. No, it wasn't. It was <gasps> no, it wasn't. It was great. <laughs> it was I love like... that they did that because they mixed the old language still. So you've still got that element of it, but you've got it so you can actually understand. You're, you're talking about the one with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought yeah. that was fantastic. Yeah. No. Thank you. Have you rewatched really it though? Not, no, I saw it. You, know, yeah. you were 14 really years old. And I think it's clever what they've done with it to make it more accessible, but obviously not for you, darling. Well, no, because the language is the bit that's always the barrier. Yeah, but that's the, the point. You, by watching <laughs> it, you, almost, you don't need to understand the language. It makes sense with what's happening. Yeah. So Stick on Forbidden Planet, Lee. It's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
bet that's got a higher rating than this on IMDb. Well, quite possibly. Yeah. Um, from, from what from what I gather, I think fucking Godfather Three and <laughs> Revenge of the Sith's got a fucking better rating oh. on IMDb because it just is weird because I've seen I've seen uh, I've seen a few reviews where people are like, no, this is really fucking good. You know, it looks at oh, it looks a, yeah. Wait, so I was going to ask, is it like it's did you say it's got something like 5.5? 5? Yeah. 5. So is it that there's a lot of people that love it and a lot of people that hate it and not many in the middle? Or... It could be I, I wonder if it's got to the right people in a weird way. Mm. In so much as stuff like The Witch, The Lighthouse, basically the A24 stuff, mm. that seems to have broken out into people who aren't necessarily horror fans, but like people who just are film fans recognise yeah. them as good films. Yeah, yeah, there's not there's not a huge amount of typical horror in them. No. But I think that this has kind of only gone through to the same people who genuinely didn't like The Witch. Because, mm. but I think there was, because The Witch was higher profile, The Lighthouse much higher profile. So okay. there were more people out there tempering it going, no, actually this is good. And I mm. think this has just gone to because in the horror community, it's like very half and half, like with mm. The Witch. Some people love yeah. it, and then there's the number of people who love it is equal to the number of people who are oh, it's too slow and boring, yeah. nothing yeah. happens. Mm. And it's like, well, it's if you didn't like The Witch for that, you're not going to like this yeah. for that yeah. either, you, because they're in a very similar ballpark. And I just think it's probably just not got out, it's not sort of gone in the... In, out in the right direction or been high profile enough I think you're right I think it's probably gone to a, a horror audience but which you know I'm not knocking horror audiences we are a horror <laughs> audience well, no. but, but, but but what I mean is yeah I think it's been pointed to, horror, to, or, uh, yeah, to a more that, traditional yeah. horror rather than people who are into arty films yeah basically <laughs> it's not been pointed at students <laughs> but ones with good taste like us we're not students. Mature, mature students. Immature students. <laughs> yeah. Last, but yeah, no, I think that is it. Yeah. Mm. It's I, such a shame because there's, I mm. mean, there isn't a performance that lets it down. Okay, yeah, except, I mean, you don't like the hunter, but yeah, yeah, but he's, <laughs> only, he's only in it for one bit, yeah. so it's not exactly. Yeah. It doesn't. Um, that's that's the good thing is I enjoyed that sequence, but it doesn't tip up the film for you, so that's why. Yeah, and the, the revenant, as I say, the, the revenant I mentioned earlier, which is never really explained. Like when they go to that, when they find that house where the woman used to live, and they bed mm. down, and then that thing wakes up that the hunter kills. Like that's got to be a zombie, but it's never touched on again that there are zombies. But, no. but also, also those um, those people that she sees several times as she's walking through, like I they look like something strange, of, like her her supernatural ability to see the shadows of the witch uh, okay. is, because they're the Again, same hood on mm. as the witch's hat well I don't know and it might be an interesting thing to see because I know that um, uh, Oz Perkins also did I am the pretty thing that lives in the house yes <laughs> um, so I, but I'd be quite interested with regard to that because 
and again, I'm trying not to give anything away with um, February, like the Black Coat's daughter. But that out of focus figure thing features in that as well. Mm. Yeah. And it's, I think it's whether it's whether it's like a, a building in universe mythology or whether it's just a visual sort of tick or style that he has mm-hmm. but both of them are in both films it's used and it's a, and I, I do like the fact that it's unexplained yeah or unexplored because because obviously you've got the you've got the the story that because I mean interesting enough you've even got the fact that you've got the story within the story where she recounts the story of the girl in the pink bonnet yeah yeah um but again that's not because you Oh, <clears throat> sorry. Excuse me. Because you've got the uh, your your kind of assumption is that oh, the story's real, and the the little girl grows up to be the witch, yeah, or the witch is the strange, the wise one, yeah, the in a cowboy hat in a triangle, <laughs> and then it's and it nicely sort of cuts you out of that. Yeah, mm. when you actually find out who the witch is in that yeah. within that tale, yeah. and and again, that's something I re- I really like because it wasn't. Again, it's something with this that I re- really enjoyed about this film is nothing's forced, like you said. So <coughs> you do have, you know, there's an element there where it's a mystery, but it's not a mystery. They're not telling you you've got to solve it. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, it just kind of plays in the back of your mind. And then when mm. it comes up later, you go, oh, I'd forgotten all about that mm-hmm. whole side thing that was mm. going on. Yeah. Apart from occasionally seeing her silhouette and, you know, her poking her head around the door and stuff, you kind of forget about the girl in the pink bonnet entirely. It's just as a, mm. a strange story that sort of sets the mood. But actually, yeah, you say when it comes back again full loop at the end, it, it ties in really nicely. Mm. And I, I, I really like that that method of creating, uh, that method of storytelling. Mm. Because it isn't, it's much in the same way as if you'd have gone in, if you went to see, I don't know, like The Sixth Sense and no one tells you there's a twist. Yeah. But they haven't, but as soon as someone tells you there's a twist, you're Wait, looking for yeah, it. Yeah. And, and within the bounds of this, it's not a twist, but it's a nice little... Mm element within the background but it's not the plot driver it doesn't sort of you know you just suddenly get the origin of the witch yeah. uh story which is great i assume i mean i tried to i was looking up Hansel wrestle to see if there was any link to that sort of story part or if that was another fairy tale i couldn't find anything i just wondered no I, I i i had a look but i couldn't see there was anything if anything it reminded me of the ring Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where it's like the, when you get the story of Sadako. And I think, again, because of that, that's where you kind of assume, oh, it's going to be the daughter mm-hmm. turns out yeah. to be the witch. Yeah. Um, but also, because in a weird way, that's it. I think it's a nice thing where it sort of pulls that rug where you didn't know there was a rug to be pulled. Yeah. Because you've just thought, oh, so they're showing us the witch in flashback here. Yeah. Or they're giving us the origin story. And then it's like, oh, no, it turns out that's 
yeah, this is a different. We are telling you the origin story, but you were looking in the wrong place. Yeah. yeah. And making the wrong assumptions. And that's that's a nice little that's a nice little feeling. But um, yeah, no, I, I had a look to see if there was anything. The interesting bit is there is a reference to another grim uh, another grim fairy tale in it, which is the juniper tree, uh, which is probably um, that's what that's one of the real dark ones. Um, and it's um, uh, the bit where she's looking in the mirror and she starts seeing the spirits of the children. And there's the thing where it's my my uh, my mother killed me, my father ate me, or whatever like that. But in this, it's my mother killed me, my mother ate me, because obviously that's the theme of this. Yeah. But basically, the plot of the juniper tree is um, because they're all all the wives and stepmothers are evil, no matter what. Because I mean, I the, know, in heaven, they knew all about this, didn't they? They were ahead <laughs> of the game here. They knew those stepmothers, you know. <laughs> it's been sure since, but because <laughs> I mean, I because I I reread I reread Hansel and Gretel, yeah, I did. and <laughs> and it's and it's that thing at the start where it's basically the the mother saying to the father, right, we're all going to die unless we get rid of the kids, <laughs> take them into the woods yeah. and leave them, <laughs> you know. But then and what I, think... I found out was that yeah, so in the original versions, she was just the mother, but yes. They, it was more sort of Christianized, it said. So it was definitely mm. sounding if she was a stepmother, because that doesn't make mm. it sound quite a biological yeah. parent. <laughs> I think they did, yeah, I think they did sort of, they did sort of, um, yeah, I think they found it so unpalatable, the idea that the mother, like the biological mother, yeah, could do that. Could, could be could never do anything bad. <laughs> no, no. But, is, um, oh, I mean, actually, Jessica Hyde apparently, and then yes, <laughs> I was going to ask if you'd spotted Jessica Hyde, yeah, I had, yes, <laughs> but the because I mean, the um, yeah, because in this, it's no question, it's just the mum has lost it, you know, mm. which again, which again is it's overall, it's such a fucking frightening thing. Where it's like, you know, and, and this is, again, that does hop back to the grim thing, where it is being betrayed by your own parents, mm. you know, in, in one way or another. I mean, she's, you know, I think in this, it's pretty much she's lost her shit. Yeah. But equally, yeah, she's not, yeah, she's, she's not pleasant about it, shall we say. Um, it's that terrible thing of even if they get away from the which, which again I, I liked the fact in this that actually although she is bad the witch isn't just a woman who's going to kill them actually she's just trying to teach the girl and say to her look I'm going to look after you and I'm going to make sure everything works out for you mm. but only if you get rid of your brother and, and yeah the idea that if even if they get away from this she's like well we're still fucked because we still mm. can't go back to my mother because she's still if she's still alive, she's mental and dangerous. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and they are still just in the middle of the forest with nothing. So they're only they only end up where they started if they just walk away from the entire scenario. Um, yeah, and it, it, it is it's those little changes to the story that just makes it somehow feel more. It's the same as you say. If it was a house made of sweets, that's mm. ridiculous, and you wouldn't be able to take it real. 
but the idea that it's it, it looks like food and then you see her just making it out of this human offal <laughs> oh, she's just got yeah. it. Mm. oh and it's just so much grosser but somehow still more realistic, more realistic yeah, yeah than a housemate yeah. <laughs> I love. I I have to say, I fucking love that sequence and the weird, because that's the other thing as well. Is I do again. This is, say for example, I mean this that's that's a film that we I would love us to cover the cell just because it looks amazing, even though the the plot is doggerel. But with this again, there was so many. There were there was bits where I've genuinely like when the pool formed into a hole that then yeah. the witch the 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 young version of the witch came out mm. like David Bowie in Labyrinth and then it became her fucking dress. Mm. Even just saying that, I hadn't actually appreciated how fucking weird that is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it has... And th that, that chamber, again, it's really... Because it, at that point, I was like, oh, look, they're in the Tate Modern. But yeah. it was... <laughs> Which, which immediately pleased me. I was like, oh, it's a proper art film. There we go. Um, <laughs> but no, they, they that sort of, you know, it looked like a butcher's. Yeah. Like, you, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's clean because we have to clear up shit here all the time. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it just, again, totally, it's a totally odd space. Yeah. And that I think is something they really get in this, where it's like, because I mean the, the 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 building isn't that big, or doesn't appear that big, mm. but within it's vast. Yeah, I noticed that as well. It's I nice. couldn't, yeah. I couldn't work out where they were sitting at times because I was like, yeah, you know, when they're sitting at the dining room table, as you're saying, there's that huge fire behind them, and, the, and I'm like, there's loads of space here, but yeah, when you see outside. There's that, it's got a very high pitch roof, but then it's only sort of low level single story. And as you say, you never really see the full dimension. It's magic, so you don't. Witch. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and actually, that's, that's that was the thing I wrote down um, was I love the use of the term abundance in this mm. because it is like everything that, and it is everything that the witch offers. Yeah. Mm. Unlimited food, unlimited space, unlimited power, you know, and it's really, it's, there's an element of, as you say, although, I mean, she's going to eat, uh, well, she wants uh, Gretel to eat Hansel. Yeah. And, presu and presumably she's having a nibble and all. But, <coughs> but yeah, she is more recruiting Gretel. Yeah. And again, it sort of harks back to the original because in because in the original, it's Hansel is being fattened to be eaten, yeah. and Gretel becomes a skivvy essentially. And even in the in the version I read, it was like, oh well, the witch was going to eat her when she ate, uh, when she ate Hansel anyway. Yeah. But there is this sort of thing where you know. Um, Gretel is taken into the household almost mm. rather than becoming livestock she becomes and and like with this I just think that there's it's, a, it's an interesting thing because I think you get the witch is right in certain ways just wrong about the way of going about it, where it's basically yeah you can't 
live your life looking after this brother. person. Yeah, yeah, get rid of your she's, little brother. She's speaking yeah. reality. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. She doesn't just have morals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's like, you, well, but then they find the right way of doing it at the end, which is, well, I'll let you go and live your life. I'll, I'll stay but, here and live my life um, but, rather than I'll eat you. Yeah, since since you you know both been talking about it, it's making me wonder: is it actually aimed at a younger audience? Because it's it's not ultra horror. I, just, I wonder what is the actual age rating. The, the, the DVD I've got is fifteen, but that's not unusual mm. for okay. In general, that's not unusual for horror films because a lot of the time now they try and keep them mm. because the market is seen as teen. Yeah. So certainly in America, they don't like doing what would be the equivalent of an 18 mm. because it's immediately, Oh, well, you're losing your audience. Yeah. Um, which has an unfortunate knock on because obviously then you have the sort of thing where people say that that is one of the reasons why horrors sort of gone off the boil. Mm. Um, and I mean, I think they only mean in terms of, you know, if you were making like a slasher or something like that, you know, I don't, I mean, you can have, uh, I mean, I think, I'm not entirely sure, but I think like The Haunting, the original version of The Haunting, I'm pretty sure that's PG. Yeah. I think despite, so. despite the fact that make grown men shit themselves. So, you know, and, and still does to this day. It's fucking brilliant. It is, but, it really is. You, you know, it's, but it's because it doesn't, it doesn't tick the boxes of, what you ban something for mm. or what you do you know what i mean it's like oh no they, we can't we can't show children this because it's got blood in it or we can't show people the children this because someone dies and they scream or whatever like that we can show them the hawking and have you know 10 years of sleepless nights with your child <laughs> you know so it's the they never sort of but i think the only film that they ever talk about when they were sort of rating it and banning it and stuff like that was the exorcist was the thing where they said that it had a psychologically damaging effect yeah or, or would have shows you. yeah rather, rather than oh it's got this and it's got that in it and eyeballs pop out and someone gets a car rammed up them and... surely the city word gets it an 18 rating <laughs> oh yeah well especially with especially with America where it'd be like sort of well, um, can can we uh, can we cut where she says can, can we cut where she says the c word? Well, what what do you want to put in place? I don't know. Can you get a security guard have his face blown off with a fucking magnum? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we've got that. Yeah, no, that's fine. It's far more acceptable than someone saying cunt. So, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking just you know because it's got these moral elements <coughs> to it, and and they could have presented it as they could have changed the story enough where. You know, potentially she eats her brother and um, turns into an evil witch and is quite happy with that. But they sort of kept it with, look, we're living in this awful place. You've now got, like you said, an abundance. You could just take all that and be happy and, you know, do whatever you want. But she's still kind of sticking with a, even though I've got this opportunity, I'm still going to try and do what's good. Yeah, so because I think it's, it's like the idea of, I see what you're offering me and mm. I see I, I see what you're offering me and Christ on a bike, this is 
this is it, you know, because yeah, what I could, what can what my two options again? It's back to mm. the witch. It is like yeah. what are my two options? Well, I can mm. go and get felt up by Lord Knots, yeah, in, in his triangular wood pile house, or I can stay here and bend reality to my will. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and, and as options go, I know which one I'm taking. Yeah. And but you still don't have to go all evil with but it. You don't. Yeah, mm. you don't have to. You can st- surely you can still have that without having to become corrupt. Mm. Although obviously her fingers darken at the end. Yeah, I did wonder what was going to happen. There. And whether I that's. That I yeah. There's something about that, just like that creeping mm. like that edges up her mm. finger. Just looks. It was great. Yeah, I was surprised no one's done it quite like that before. I've seen lots of people who have had tattoos that look like that. Mm. Um, yeah, and it just looked incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. I, um, I had a look to see if there was anything within witchcraft folklore and stuff like that mm. about it. And actually, and actually, apart from one, I found some like um, uh, Wiccan and pagan forum where they were talking about where they were talking about it, but they just, no one seemed to agree on there because it was like, oh, it's if you use black salt in magical rituals or, oh, it's if you, if you're turning to the, it's like a burn marks, like you've touched hell and things like that. And then literally everything else that I could see about it was related to a performance by, is it Lord or Lordy, like the musician? Oh, the ones that won the Eurovision. No, no, not that, oh. not those ones. No, it's, a, it's a female artist, L O R D E. I think it is just Lord. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, she had, she had black fingers at like she had them like that at like the MTV Music Awards a few years back. And that's it. That literally seems to be the point where it's like, yeah, where this has gone into sort of like a people at like in sort of. Uh, Wiccan designs and things like that. Seems to have just been from that, to be honest. Uh, the the other thing that I did think as I was looking it up, though, is because I was like, well, I've never heard of that before. And then it was like, well, I suppose it would have made witch hunting the fuck site easier. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Show us your hands. Yeah, show us your hands. Although the trouble is, again, we're back to the Monty Python and the Holy Grail problem, aren't we? Where it's like, show us your hands. Well, they're covered in mud. Well, everyone's covered in fucking mud. <laughs> yeah. That's why my hands are dark. Not a witch. <laughs> um, back to the story because so my wondering was obviously it seems like she's got the girl on side and she's offering her kind of everything but I was never quite sure you know if she did go along with that was you know did the witch actually have in mind to you know train her and actually let her realise her power or was it all a trick obviously we never find out and actually, was that just a ruse to get her to eat her brother and then maybe sacrifice her afterwards well, as she, well? She de- we definitely saw her powers blossoming, didn't mm. we? So when she was outside... Uh, but they had her powers anyway, and the witch just kind of pretending she was well, helping her. Well, but, the, but then she uses it to, to, to kill the witch. Yeah. yeah, she holds her up over the flame. But is that because the witch didn't realise perhaps her powers rather than mm. just trained her and encouraged them? Perhaps, I don't know, but... I, 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 I was going to say Alice Krieg in this as well. Um, mm. I've not seen enough Alice Krieg in recent years. Um, yeah, who who was that? That that's the witch. The witch, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah she. So so she's not really an old woman then. 
She was. Oh, she is, she's older. Yeah, she is. Yeah. She's an older actor. She's the bald queen <laughs> in um, Star Trek: Next Generation. Mm. I only um, know the speedwalkers in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, and Silent Hill. She's in Silent Hill. Uh, Silent Hill. Yeah. yeah. But um, sure. I, I wonder: is there an element where she, the witch, if she can get, it's almost like a justification thing, where if she gets Gretel to eat her brother, then it's like because she feels she actualized her powers by eating her children. Yeah. So is it almost like a proof of, like it's like a proof thing to yourself where it's like, well, no, you can't have the powers unless you've done that. Because yeah. otherwise you have done something that you didn't. Yeah, unnecessarily, yeah. you know, eating your fucking children. <laughs> so uh, it's yeah. almost like she wants that as a justification. Yeah. Is that the other also, thing I loved about the about switching this, normally mm. in these things, so you have the old crone who makes herself look young in order yes. to ensnare children. I love the fact that at the end, where you think that's the case all along, and she comes out and says, "Oh no, I'm not an old woman. I just do that so that you think I'm weak." And I was like, "Oh god, that's finished. <laughs> that's so much yeah. horrible." <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a much better twist on it. It really is, because um, uh, also, also, I think that the oh, did you spot the Wizard of Oz reference? No. When she gets pinned to the wall, when the witch gets pinned to the wall, she says, "Oh, what a world!" Yeah. And in the Wizard of, I had to look it up because it was in my head. I was like, "Have I just seen a lot of drag queens do this, or is this <laughs> actually in the Wizard of Oz?" Um, but at the end of the Wizard of Oz, when they melt the Wicked Witch of the West, she's she goes, uh, "What a world! What a world!" Oh. And she's melting. So it's, yeah, they did have like a little um, uh, reference, like witch reference, in there. Um, I was looking, I was looking for others, but I don't think there were any others. I, I thought they might have just gone for. And was, to be honest, it was like there's not that many famous witch lines, really. You know, oh. sort of. No, and I did like the uh, obviously the so the the story um, in true witch uh, folklore about them having the the fat made from human babies is what makes yes. the witch's mm. broom fly. Um, <coughs> yes, although it's never actually addressed, it's just the two of them rubbing that cell. It's just that lean, the... honey. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's not talking about our babies. It's all fine. <laughs> yeah, so I just like the fact they didn't didn't sort of address it. But if you if you know, then you know, yeah. and it just mm. adds another creepy layer to the fact they're just sitting having this normal conversation, sticking their hands into this thing full of baby fat. Ugh. Yeah. yeah, and I think actually that's the thing I like about the the and again maybe you're right, Chris. Maybe this is meant for a younger audience and if so fucking brilliant because yeah well that's it you know this is this is a great uh, this Mm. is something this has the feel of like children of the stones or something like that where it's aimed it's aimed at that sort of early teen audience yeah but i you know this is a film this is a film that isn't it isn't patronizing Mm. but i but i also like its restraint Mm, yeah, you know, I, think it's like, yeah. I mean, we we all know 
that the Lord bloke at the start is an old nonce. Yeah. But they never make it it's, explicit. Yeah, it's not over the top. They don't, mm. Yeah. But also, and it's interesting as well, because obviously Gretel is making allowances for the fact that Hans was younger. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, but they're, like, they're well, dialogues throughout. Yeah. And it's like, why couldn't you stay there? And it's like, right, you, you wouldn't mm. understand. Yeah. And it, you, you know, you're not going to sit there and you suddenly go to your, um, like, like yeah. your old brother. Because I'm trying to get nonstop gonna... by this old perv. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, like it seems like a good film to be able to watch with your children. That, but you know, it's it's definitely got horror elements, but it's still mm. reminiscent of. Look, this is a story you know. Um, it's not deviated too much, um, but it's no. into an older. You know, it's like a step up. Because because I like the because in the story, obviously, um, Hans, both of the kids are bright. Mm. in the story which i which i like there's not that and but gretel is if anything the main mover or like the main ideas person of the cup of of the of the children because they're meant to be like comparable age i assume twins mm. in the fairy the, story or they're the certainly very yeah. very naive. yeah but i and obviously the change of the title is not just to differentiate you from um, from other Hansel and Gretel films, it's done because no, this is Gretel's story. Yeah, yeah. So she should she should have top billing. It's got to be Gretel and Hansel because it is her story. And because at one point, I think uh, very initially, until I think actually until the Hunter sequence where it was it, I was thinking is is um, Hansel like dead. Or is he a ghost? That she because she seemed to be the only person interacting with him. Yeah, and like when and like when she was at home, there's only her and her mum. Yeah, like Hansel's not there, but then the hunter then talks to him as well, and I was like, oh no, so it's not they haven't fight club to this, or sort of you know, yeah. it's not sort of it's not in someone's imagination or something. It's you know, he genuinely is there, but it's it's clearly it is Gretel's story. Yeah. So yeah, I think he, he right. does need that early billing. I was also terrified that I was going to come on here and just be like, Lee, I thought this was absolutely amazing. And then you were just going to go, well, I mean, the thing is with Jeremy Renner. And I was like, oh, no, we've watched <laughs> the wrong one, haven't we? This is the, this is, seriously, I'm typing Gretel and Hansel into things, and I immediately get Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters, yeah. or Witchfinders, yeah. whatever it's called, yeah. yeah. And, I, and do you know what? And I... We're going to watch that film at some point because <laughs> it's bloody awful. But for some reason, I've seen it eight times. So, I mean... It, it has a Van Helsing vibe, though, you said. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's mm. dark and it's a bit crap, but it's fun and it's entertaining and it's over the top. And, you know, sometimes you want something like this. You want something intellectual that gets you thinking and... You know, and then sometimes you want the Fast and the Furious, like, and and that's that's what it is. And I, I'm I'm willing to admit, I, I just want to be entertained, regardless of whether it's intellectually or just flashing lights and explosions. I'm all okay. all I can say is, all I can say to that is, uh, yeah, I watched Rawhead Rex. <laughs> yeah. You know, no no one no one is artistically redeemed by that film, but yeah. <laughs> It it's it was what I needed at that point. 
As you're saying about sound, that's the other thing with this. So we, we touched mm. on how beautiful it is and how well all the shots are set up and everything. Um, the soundscape on this as well, mm. um, yeah, is... I really brilliant. liked it, yeah. Really hypnotic, mm. really draws you in. Well, when you said to me like about the soundtrack, and so I was like looking it up, and you said, oh, Adam, you'll love the soundtrack. The soundtrack is by someone who I'm a big fan of. Mm. Um, cool. Yes, which is the most unhelpful fucking name. <laughs> what, you might as well be it? called Dave. Try fucking Googling it. Yeah. His name's Rob. R-O-B. Yeah. So, you know, it's, yeah, but um, it's, apparently it's Robin Coderts. Um, but he did the music. My favourite thing by him is possibly this now, but... Mm. Um, Previously, my favourite thing he did, he did the music for the remake of Maniac, you know, the Elijah Woods oh, yeah, yeah. Um, version. And that is just, oh, it's fucking beautiful. It's like, um, it's like sort of Aphex Twin selected out ambient works. Sort of, it's just Ooh. beautiful, like, but lovely, sheeny synth. Mm. It really is great. It's well, well, well worth checking out. He also did um, the music for a film called Revenge, which is great. Um, and he also did the soundtrack to Holmes. Is that the that's Daniel Radcliffe, isn't it? Yeah, that... yeah. Because in my head, I was going, "Oh, that's an Elijah Wood film," and then it was like, "No, it's not. It's another child actor." There you go. Yeah. You <laughs> another person who surprised you with how good they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone I was prepared to hate. <laughs> um yeah that's because even uh so that that soundscape starts um and the the original uh for sort of the opening visuals that opening sequence is so beautiful and so short it's literally just one kind of it's one image that kind of changes focus the music plays over it and you just straight into the film it lasts about 15 seconds i think um, and that comes almost directly off of the end of the original Orion logo. Yes. I didn't. Oh, that made me so happy. Yeah. Well, again, I was like, shit, have I bought the wrong film? Because <laughs> <laughs> that came up and I was like, they haven't made anything since 1992, have they? <laughs> <laughs> but it was, a lovely, it was a lovely moment, yeah. Yeah, it does. It awakens you to all those films you used to watch. But yeah, but as you say, you haven't seen since they're on VHS. And even, it, it's even, they haven't cleaned it or crisped it. It looks oh. like it's on VHS. It's dirty and fuzzy. It's out it's, of focus. It's, it's still, it's still box format. It's not widescreen. Yeah. Oh. It's still, it's still for like the TV, it's like for a pan and scan for the, yeah. for the video <laughs> market. It's, yeah. Loved that. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and I, I must say, we did sit through all of the closing titles this time yeah just because again it was lots of symmetrical imagery from the film so it's lots of uh like the shots where they were looking up into the canopy of the forest and everything symmetrically mm. coming in um and then they sort of put the silhouettes of the witch and things like that around it. i also made a note if you ever make a doom album uh, and need a cover for your doom album just randomly <laughs> skip through this in 30 yeah. second intervals yeah. and pick any image you stop on pretty much. 
Well, what you what you do is is the album the album cover comes from this, and your lyrics come from the speech in the lighthouse. <laughs> and yeah, that and there, there's the, yeah, there's your album. There's your album. I think. But speaking speaking of these, uh, I don't know what what connection I could be made here, but also obviously there's the Flyer Garrick scene, which mm. which I just enjoyed. That was just because it was just like cut. <laughs> Cut. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I thought she talks to them first. I'm, I'm just going to yeah. check. I don't know if this is poisonous or not. I'm going to have a conversation. You know, not not after taking the mushrooms, but <laughs> yeah. prior to taking the mushrooms, I'm going to have a conversation. <laughs> so I suppose is is that the first indication of her powers? Mm. In yeah, a way, I didn't think yeah. Of it, but yeah, yeah, you could well be the right. She, because, um, I mean, obviously, when she said, oh, they've said, eat me, mm. I immediately just think of Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, no, I wondered if that was... Because the one... I think the one thing that I was... That they don't do in this, or the only thing that they don't do in this, is they don't have the trail. Because, obviously, yeah. in Hansel and Gretel, there's, he, you know, he leaves a trail of stones and they yeah. find their way home. And then he has to use breadcrumbs and they get eaten and that's why they get lost. So, but I, I don't think it's, I don't think there's a way of shoehorning it in to this. I, I assume that would be plus the point of this story is not that they want to go home and not yeah. that they want to go home, but mm. actually it's their journey onwards. Yeah, they're progressing out. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that's almost mm. a positive take on it rather than them going home. And that's yeah. Yeah, the point of it, perhaps. But maybe yeah. just don't shoehorn it in. <laughs> Well, I think I think that's the thing, is I was quite pleased because yeah, because in my head I was like, oh well, that's one of the the key points of or one of the key things that people remember from it. But they've done very well in you know they didn't make her live in a giant pack of chapa chups. So <laughs> you know, is equally we don't necessarily have to have the trail sequence because it's and certainly it's not the part of, it's not the point of this movie adaptation. No, no. There's also no duck at the end. You know, Lee, there's yeah. duck at the end, taking them over the river. There was no duck. So I, I didn't know. Know. I don't know anything about the duck. But what I did, I did like is that the, when the witch goes out with her shovel, she puts on a traditional old-style witch. And I was like, love that. Yeah. Like, just tones down enough to look natural, but mm-hmm. it's a big, pointy witch's hat. Mm. Oh. Yeah. And the other main witchy thing that we see, oh. the cat. Continuity yeah. cat, as we call him. Yeah. Yes. Spot the continuity errors. <laughs> yeah, because he just kept. I, in in the end, I was like, I know why that's happened. It's because you can't train a fucking cat. That yeah. cat's a prick. But, <laughs> that cat is doing what it likes. <laughs> but I'm willing to give it. That cat has swung into this like fucking yeah. Marlon Brando on a pocket. <laughs> Hasn't read the script, yeah. ripped to the tits, yeah, couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, he's he's at. So so to give him the benefit of the doubt, and also just in the in the spirit of the film, is I just thought, what's well, a magical cat? That's yeah. exactly yeah. what Jennifer said. He's magic. He can go anywhere he wants as fast as he likes. Maybe he just disappeared and came back in that thing. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the little shit that he is. Um. Yeah, and I uh, say so that the other thing saying about the contradictions in it, I love that it was a period piece, but the house is such a a modern design. 
Mm. So it's that way of making it. So it isn't a gingerbread house, but it stands, it sticks out like a sore thumb because that's like an ultra modern mm. design, isn't it? Like it's very sort of Swedish looking and yeah, it, um, it feels like you're watching grand designs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but yeah, I mean, it, when when you've got a chicken coop or like sorry, like a a, a um like a tool shed, yeah, that looks like speakers from an yeah. a, like a, a speaker stack from an alien planet <laughs> you know it's just uh, yeah there is nothing the house is wrong yeah you know it, it, but in the sense that well it's a it's a creation of her magic mm. and you know if you if you were using magic why would you give yourself like uh, why would you give yourself Yoda's fucking house? Yeah. <laughs> you know, with a, le- le- a, le- a leaky roof and, you know, cobbles <laughs> and shit like that. It's like, no, I want, I want, I want, you know, like you say, like it feels very, it feels very sort of like Scandinavian, doesn't it? Yeah. It's very but, sleek and sexy mm. and it looks like right in the middle of the forest there's no moss on it, there's no anything on mm. it. It just looks like it's been built yesterday. It's young. Yeah just lovely it's so pretty so pretty um unlike the so the other thing I'm, I'm sure you come up in your research with it adam um the house where they go where they meet the hunter as we mentioned earlier where there's the revenants do you mm. know did you see what that building is no no right so that outdoor building that's kind of in the middle of nowhere they shot yeah. that in Ireland. That is where the Hellfire Club actually met in the oh, 1600s. Wow. Um, it's just a shell of a building, but they actually yeah. shot it there. Oh, wow. Which oh, no, but about that recently. I did not see. That is very impressive. Yeah, very how impressive. cool is yeah. that? Maybe that's the Revenant. He's like left over from then. He's been using his magic. Yeah. And he's still there. <laughs> Yeah, that's. Oh, yeah. They didn't mention him in the film because that he just he just was there. This was just a, it, much like the cat. They just yeah. had to film rounded. I said I was doing some. Uh, say completely unrelated to this. I was reading up on uh, on the Hellfire Club uh, a few months back. Um, yeah, and it's funny they were saying about. Oh yeah, they were so debauched. So many of them died because they literally drank themselves to death. Um, mm. And what they then explained was that their drink of choice. Was they? It was a combination of melted butter and whiskey, which they drank by the pint. Mm. And I was like, "You could drink yourself to death in a fortnight on that." I'm pretty sure yeah. because of cholesterol. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that's. I mean, it's it's a lot on it. Oh, and you know, you drink a pint of milk of melted butter and whiskey. I mean, I like, whiskey, like your eggnog but... uh, experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, that's it. They don't get pissed because it clogs all your arteries. You can't absorb the alcohol. Yeah. Full of butter. Oh, I just can't. I just can't even begin to describe how gravid you'd feel afterwards. Where you're just like, are you going to move? No. <laughs> that's where they died. It was just the people who just could not be fucked to get up anymore. Oh. Oh. You've burst out your trousers. You can't manage that last curly whirly, and you just think, "Fuck me!" You're right where I sit. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I've just yeah, I'm really impressed that you guys enjoyed this because, as I say, I, it didn't do particularly well. 
from anybody from what I could gather. I should um, have done. Should have done. And I lent it to previous guest on the show, Dave. Hi, Dave, if you're listening. Um, Hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. Yeah, and as, as I say, I'm sure he'll correct me if I quote him wrong, but I'm sure he came back and said he quite likes the soundtrack. But other than that, this film did absolutely nothing for him. Um, so I was like, maybe it's just me. Maybe I just watched it. And you know, when you just watch saying you're in a really good mood, so you come away <laughs> and go, oh, that was great. And then you watch it again and go, no, it wasn't. It was dog shit. It's like what Chris says, just... the end's quite cheery. So you come away from it going, oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, at least you liked it then. I, th- yeah. I think one of the other things as well is I think there's just a lot of there's a lot of venom out there where it's like sort of, oh it's just a rip off of this and it's like it's an adaption of a fucking grim fairy story yeah. I mean if we, you know it's gonna have resonances with other things isn't it yeah. you know because it's basically an adaption of one of the building bro- blocks of modern fiction yeah so yeah I'm afraid it might right. sort of yeah, it's just... say, like the grim fairy tales were where hot, you know, some of the horror things, especially for us as kids, like mm-hmm. that was where you got your first taste of these kind of grisly, nasty stories. So, yeah, you kind of carry them with you all the way through. Um, but yeah, maybe, I, I... maybe, maybe it's Junior the Witch, yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, like just in the sense that it's like. Yeah, I probably can't show my 12-year-old the witch, but I can show him this. Yeah. And then in two years' time, I can show him the witch yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. And, they'll, and they'll probably sit there going, it was all right, but I thought it was a bit of a rip-off of Gretel and Hansel. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I, uh, Sophia Lillis as well. I know we didn't really mm. mention her an awful lot. Um, we said she was in It. Um, mm. not seen her in anything apart from that or this. Um and obviously, she had quite a uh, quite a large role in uh, in it, but for like a first. Well, I mean, a lot of them were. A lot of them were actors we hadn't seen before, and it's quite a large role to take on. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought she was really good in this. I was really surprised. Um, yeah, as I say, when it's a film with so few actors, mm. a lot of it was put on her, and she is only a kid, really. But I, I thought she did an outstanding job. No, she she is really good, and the the weirdest thing was is like I say, I was I, and that's probably the the best compliment you can give an actor is that you're sort of like, I'm sure I knew you, but yeah, do you know what I mean? I mean? It's like I'm sure I recognise it from something. I'm not quite sure, and it's like yeah, she's one of the main characters yeah. in it, and in this, she like you say, she is the protagonist of this film, and does it really fucking well. Mm. Yeah, it, it is good. And it's a, you see it quite a lot. And that's my worry with, uh, with and I, I said it previously with the, um, again, with the, the girl from The Witch as well. When you do have younger actors, sometimes they do a fantastic job, but because they're younger, they kind of get written off and they do something amazing and then you never see them again. Um, mm. Yeah. It turned out the girl from The Witch, and I've forgotten her name. Um, Anna Taylor Joy. Yes. Very good. Um, she was in that chess. Yeah, oh, she was, yeah. yeah. Which, uh, which I loved. Gambit. Queen's Gambit. She, that's it, yeah. she, was in, um, she was in Split as well. She's fucking brilliant. She, she was yeah. well, in Queen's Gambit. I thought she was amazing. And obviously in The Witch. Yeah. Uh, we watched a. Was it a DC? 
Thing recently. Oh, yeah. We watched a film with her in. Where they're like superheroes. 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 Yeah. It, and it wasn't a great film, but yeah. But she's very good yeah. in it, yeah. So, yeah, again, it, it's nice to see mm. people having a, a career when they're younger and keeping it. As it. You know, like people who were in massive films. I mean, take stuff like Never Ending Story and stuff like that, where you see someone, main character, carries the whole film, never see And then it never again. get, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I wonder, and I, I'm, I'm hoping that it's, it's sort of pointing towards a future within the film industry whereby people can come into it as children uh, and have a career and either not just go crazy eight bonkers with drugs... Mm. Or get uh, and end up in jail or whatever like that, but more to the point, I wonder if all the good actors that you've seen prior, like good child actors that you see, and then they don't appear in anything, are they just a bit switched on? That it's like this, this is gonna fuck me up. Get out now, yeah. yeah. You know, get out now because this mm. is this is not good. You know, I've got an appointment with Harvey Weinstein. I don't want to fuck him. I think I'm about to school. You I said earlier say, about the sixth sense. It's the same mm, with the kid from that kind of, you know, he, he did not, that and then just dropped out for years. And now he just, I've seen him in a couple of like independent comedy things where he's really good. But yeah, I wonder if he's just picking his roles rather than saying, do you know what? I don't want to be full time in this. But mm, if I'm offered something and I really like the look of it, I'll take six weeks off work and go and have a crack at it for a bit of a laugh. And that's the kind of impression I get from his... Uh, well, it's, it's, it's Elijah Woods as well, where it was the thing of obviously, I mean, he wasn't a he wasn't a child child, but he was pretty young when doing uh, Lord of the Rings. He, he was young enough but, to be doing something of that magnitude. Yeah, but still, it was sort of he's just I just love the fact that he's like right, I'm really set up for mm. making these. No, he seems to be doing what he wants to do. And now yeah. I'm just going to do the films I want to yeah. do and fund the films I want to yeah. see. I love him. I really mm. do. <laughs> I just saw Anya Taylor-Joy was also the voice in The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. I don't know, did any of it. you... watched it. It was on Netflix, the, the episodes. Did you, you saw the original film? Oh, I know the original. The yeah. original is... An absolute fucking masterpiece. Yeah, and, and I, I loved the remake. I thought it was great. It really got uh, like deep. Uh, obviously aimed aimed at children mostly, but but yeah, no, I thought there was a lot in it. Similar to this in a way, it, you know, it's the very dark, but um, elements of it, the style and and that keeps it more accessible. Hmm. That's that's something that's something that I've got to shout out. I don't think Claire's ever seen The Dark Crystal, and mm. so again, it's one of those things where. It, and this was my thing: is I was like, I, I want to watch Age of Resistance, but Claire's got to see the original. The original, first. yeah, yeah. But I thought they did they, a great job of making it similar enough, while obviously adding a lot more to it. Now I'd be keen to see what Claire makes of it because, although I'm sure I must have seen The Dark Crystal as a kid, I don't. I don't remember anything about it so i watched it quote unquote for the first time about three years ago um yeah and without that connection to my childhood yeah it didn't do anything for mm. me so i'd be keen to see what claire makes of it um and see if she has the same reaction or but i know she's more into like disney and those like that kind of fantasy 
story. So it might be that the story works enough for her. Uh, that it, yeah. Or I just, or I just write Claire off and make Ted watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Indoctrinate him from a young enough age. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, I'd do that. <laughs> Excellent. Right. So, that time we should wrap this up. Uh, thank you very much, gentlemen. Um, thank you, sir. This was a, mm. uh, I'm glad. I'm glad that we watched this because, again, it's one of those ones that I think I know you'd mentioned, and I was like. I'll probably get round to that at some point, but this has meant that I've actually watched it and appreciate it. So thank you, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've also just realised that we have not discussed what we are covering <laughs> on the next episode. Have we even got it planned? Uh, we we have a list of films that it could potentially Ooh. be. Ooh. All right, guys. He says while he opens Excel. Right. So, well, how about this then, Chris? Oh, yeah, go on. Chris, what, what? Well, no, I was gonna, no, I was gonna say, are you opening the thing up? Because I was gonna oh, say, we could try and pinpoint it like if Chris says he wants like a particular era, oh, yeah, good idea, a particular style or something like that. So, I'd just like Lee to open his thing up, please. Okay, <laughs> well, we, we, we all, we all, what hope like do we have right? So I need to sort out my work desktop. It's a mess. <laughs> it's where I keep my spreadsheet. Um, okay, yeah. So, okay, Chris. So, what would you like next? Uh, yeah, as Adam said, would you like to go for something <laughs> black and white, 80s, 90s, something modern? Do you want to go for a monster movie or do you want something a bit ghosty? Where would you like to go next? Now, um, did you say there was a another one with all of the different monsters from Universal? Uh, well, there's, there's Abbott and Costello. Now, yeah. funnily enough, is that a horror movie? No, you, you did mention it. It's it's comedy, but it, yeah. it's, it's but got horror elements. The original, yeah. So See, they that... do like a meets Frankenstein and meets the Wolfman, and they do have the original. So it is Long Chaney and Bella Lugosi. That was it then, because I really wanted to watch that because um, I'd heard the names Abbott and Costello, um, but never heard any details about them. But then it was they were mentioned in Arrival, which I loved. Yeah. Oh, the thing, the the sci-fi. Uh, yeah. The Matthew yeah, McConaughey. The uh, no. Um, uh, he's not in that one. Um, but yeah, the the two, the heptopods are called. They call them Abbott and Costello, and I thought it's a bit weird. Like, I wonder why that. You know, they chose that. Um, it must mean there's something to it. So yeah, I actually would quite like to watch that. Abbott and Costello meet the Wolfman. Should we do next? Yeah, it's Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Is the, yes, sorry, uh, yes, you're yeah. right, but they're both in it. Yes, you're yeah. Because right. the the full title is like Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein and the Wolfman and Dracula, yeah. and I can't remember the actress's name. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well done. Oh, that's a good call, actually. Um, I suppose it'd be a bit different than if it's a comedy as well. Yeah, I mean oh, this yeah. this was because Abbott and Costello. Just to give you the backstory, Abbott and Costello were a comedy double act who uh, did films in the 
thirties and forties and probably fifties. Um, and they, uh, they would just do, it would always be like Abbott and Costello do this or Abbott and Costello on the road or something mm. like that. But they did have a weird, they did weirdly because it would always be kind of related to whatever was big at the time. So they did do okay. a few horror ones. And I believe there is an Abbott and Costello meet the mummy. Um, I've got and, two of them on a double on a DVD ah, with both of them, which is why I was unsure which one you wanted to cover. And there's also one where it's Abbott Costello meet the killer Boris Karloff. <laughs> is the full title of it, and yeah, where Karloff's just playing a sinister man; he's not playing the monster or anything like that. So, excellent, fantastic, right? So, thanks ever so much for listening, everybody. Uh, Go and check out Not For Everyone podcast. Yep. Uh, go and check out West's artwork. West, who joins yeah, us yeah. on uh, mm. the uh, Moss Eisley Happy Hour. Mm. Yep. Um, check out the Moss Eisley Happy Hour. People seem to be. seems to be receiving more listens than our normal oh, show, which is good. No. I know. Who'd have thought it? There's more people out there in Star Wars than yeah. into obscure <laughs> horror movies from across the place. <laughs> um, <laughs> And well, we, that that will all change with Abbott Costello meet Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> Guarantee. Or cue the winged serpent, whichever one we go with, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're the big hits. Uh, yes, and we will see you all in a fortnight's time for Abbott, uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Thanks very much. Good night. Good night. Good night. Bye.